This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. This is Kerry Earnhardt, and you're listening to Earnhardt Outdoors, where the pavement ends and the dirt road begins. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Earnhardt Outdoors. I'm your host, Kerry Earnhardt, coming to you from the Exalta Studio. And joining me is my brother-in-law, old L.W. Miller. How about it? I don't know about the old in front of L.W. Miller, but I (laughs) many times feel that way. Uh, Real excited to be here with you, Kerry, and enjoying this Exalta studio and checking out all the the cool things going on. Have some fans out in the the Junior Motorsports retail store, so that's cool to see and ready to talk about some hunting. Yeah, it's been pretty exciting. Man, sitting here in this Exalta studio looking out the window here, it's pouring rain. How about this weather we've had lately? It's been kind of nasty rain, tornado warnings, and all kind of crazy stuff. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we're all excited about hunting. And, of course, I'm a wicked planner, so I sit there and look at my schedule. <laughs> fif- like, as far as the, we- the Weather Channel app will show me 15 days out. So that's my one I go to most of the time. And then I'll start searching for other ones that show a little bit further out there in the, uh, the forecast because I love to know what the weather's going to do. And I literally will watch it. I'll check it in the morning when I get up, and like every day I get closer to that fifteenth day of when my next hunt would be. I'm watching, watching see what yeah. it's going to do. So, yeah. Speaking of weather, let's I mean, let's go into talking about how that affects our hunting and you know way we hang stands and all kind of stuff. Yeah, really. Uh, obviously, outdoors weather is outdoors. So, I mean, it's uh, if we were in indoor sports, we wouldn't worry about right. whether it's raining or whether it's sunny or hot or cold or what it may be. Being outdoorsmen, whether it be hunting or fishing, I think that we all worry about the weather because that's what we're going to be in. You know, the unfortunate part is we can't control the weather. And, and I shouldn't say that's unfortunate because that's, uh, that's how, the way God created it. That's so right. It is, it is the, what <laughs> It'd makes it It'd be nice fun, to be able to control it. I mean, Yeah, if we could just tune it in every yeah. now and then, but that's okay. We'll deal with it. But I've, you know, spent a lot of time worrying about the weather and at the end of the day i after i get sit sit home worrying about it i think to myself why am i worried about it because it's going to do what it's going to do yeah and you're going hunting anyway it ain't going it ain't going to change the outcome yeah absolutely that's uh one of the neat things and i'm a statistics person i can't remember the numbers ever but i always read all about statistics and if you look into the the pope and young uh deer record books of when most of the big bucks were shot it's typically on a sunny (laughs) calm day well if you're thinking of your averages, well, you say, well, I'm going to hunt on sunny, calm days. But the problem is most of those deer that are shot on sunny, calm days that go into record books were shot because that's when people want to go hunting. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, I think a whole lot of them get shot on yeah. nasty, windy, rainy days, but they, there's nobody sitting in the tree stand. So they deer just get to walk under the stands and uh, make it through another day because nobody's in the woods on those days. So, you know, you got to re- look, look real close and read deep into those statistics of how they come up with those numbers, because it's definitely a little bit misleading. Uh, you know, I've always been a fan of a nice sunny day and, and whether it be in the spring for turkey hunting, obviously the turkeys are gobbling and yeah. they're, you know, it's pretty to be sitting in the woods uh, and in the fall you're sitting in the tree stand and you like the nice sunny dry day and you hear the, the crunching leaves of a deer walking up to you and you can see him coming and hear him coming. And, uh, the real reality of, of it is you're in his home. And if that's where he's walking through on a sunny, nice day, there's a real good chance. He's probably walking through that same area on a, a windy, rainy, cold, hot, whatever other day. I mean, yeah, that's they where they still live. Travel, They're there. I mean. It's just a matter of, you know, getting, you know, being there when they walk by and, and understanding that, you know, if it's real windy, obviously we pay attention to our scent where right. our scent's going with the turkeys. You're worried about, 
you know, can they hear your calls or not hear your calls, yeah. or do you hear them? I was that's the hard thing to be able to hear them yeah. if it's real windy. Um, yeah, I know. Open as youth season opened up, and my daughter had all this radio going on and everything opening day for youth. But we got to go out on a Wednesday, and we took off that morning. And it's supposed to, it came up a bad storm that evening, so I was like watching everything, all the hourly updates and stuff on the weather. So like, yeah, we're good from we got out about seven thirty, and we're good to about. 12 well 10 o'clock she was done and uh, we had four <laughs> encounters but nothing happened but it was a beautiful morning it, you know it was sunny and it was just nice being there and then it turned off cloudy and rainy and it was just a bum day after that yeah that's that's it you you it's hard to get it's hard for us to get motivated on those rainy and crappy days but like we both but, know it's still we i mean what do you what do you think with the rain what it does to turkeys do you think it they hold up in the woods you know that's a good question, and that's something I think a lot of the the hardcore turkey guys can answer. And, and uh, one thing that it does happen when it rains hard, turkeys tend to gravitate out into the open. So, yeah. Uh, rainy after you know I, I love I don't love hunting on a rainy day, but I love scouting for turkeys on a rainy day. Yeah. Uh, you know if you show up at a new property and you're trying to figure out where the turkeys are at, if there's any turkeys there, uh, a rainy day is the best day to ride the roads and look in the fields. It is, and, I, and I've shot them in the rain on rainy yeah. days. You know, I'm sitting blind and. Just sitting there and waiting. They are out in the fields working, and you can get them to come into you every now and then. But yeah, and I'm yeah. not sure. I mean, I've heard you know a lot of different reasons for it. Whether it be they don't like the drips dropping off the trees on them when it's raining, they want a more consistent this flow of rain, or whether it brings the bugs are moving in the fields more for food for them. I don't know what the real reason is, but I do know that a rainy day seems to to pull the turkeys out into the fields, and you can yeah get a good reach. Well, I, I had I had a diehard turkey herdy, uh, turkey hunter. He tell he told me that it was because of all the noise in the woods with the rain. They can't hear as good, so they get out in the fields where they can see. Okay. Since they can't yeah, hear. Yeah, that makes sense. They can't hear and as well. Yeah, so they that's see that's what I've always been told. Yeah, that that makes a sense. That, that definitely makes sense, and I'm yeah. sure that that's you know that is definitely. I think so. A lot of and, it. Uh, you know, of course, on the real bad days for stormy and everything, you ain't gonna be out there anyway. So it ain't gonna matter what they're doing. <laughs> um, what about deer? I mean, I think deer about the same thing. They gonna travel. Yeah. It's mean, like I mean, say if you if you're know the travel corridor which way they go and where they're going to be and, and you know getting the ground blind yeah and and that's what you know obviously with with the modern rain suits we have and all the different blind options and there's tons of way to stay dry and and the key is being in the woods because i i haven't you know i feel rain the biggest problem for myself in in rain um you know obviously i'm a big archery hunter uh i don't mind gun hunting in the rain I don't mind turkey hunting in the rain, but I'm not a fan of bow hunting in the rain, typically because it's just really hard to blood trail the deer. You know, uh, you know, with archery right. equipment, usually you'll shoot the deer, the deer will run, you know, 50 to 100 yards off and, and expire, mm-hmm. and it's hard to, I'm colorblind, so for me it's hard to track a deer up to blood trail deer anytime, whether it's dry or wet. Right. But obviously if, if it's raining hard, it'll wash the blood trail away, and you'll end up, you know, not being able to track the deer. And I think that's, to me... I'm not saying I never have hunted in the rain, but I'm just not a huge fan of bow hunting in the rain. And and that's for the reason I have been in, you know, in, in situations before where we have not been able to recover deer because right. it started raining and we had no blood trail to follow. Now right. that might be in a bad shot, you know, maybe that deer wouldn't have been recovered even if it was a nice day, but you definitely want to, to give your, your, give your all and give your fairest chance of finding the game that you've, that you've shot. So I think that that's for me always just, that's my thoughts on rain. As far as hunting in the rain, deer movement in the rain, I tend to see deer move 
Oh, in warm weather, a lot in the rain because yep. it's cooler. You know, obviously the sun's not shining on them, making it hot. Right. Um, so the deer tend to move a little bit more on in warmer weather on a rainy day just for that simple reason. I think the deer are more comfortable because the woods are quieter for them. They're not crunching through leaves, so they can walk and sneak around quietly. So they're more apt to move and not be concerned with the noise that they're making themselves. So, you know, I, that's the case there. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously the turkey thing, uh, I think you can do well hunting turkeys in the rain. It's just a different type of hunting. I mean, you're, they're not going to be all strutted out walking around in the field unless they're really, really in the mood mm-hmm. on a rainy day. But they are going to be in the field feeding, so it gives you everything you lose for not being the right conditions for them to want to gobble and come in, you gain back because you can locate them a little easier. So it's it's kind of a toss-up there. Right. But, it, you know, I've found, too, that it's easier for you to stalk through the woods and stuff because it's quieter Oh, with the rain. Yeah, I mean, I mean without without a doubt. I mean, you come to... It's easier. A, 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 to lot, of, a lot of my stand setups are... I set, The big key I look at for deer hunting is access uh, you know entry Entry. and exit of the stand i don't want to disturb the deer i don't want them to know i'm in there and when i don't you know harvest the deer that hunt i want to slip out of the woods and not let them know i was there and you can't ask for any better pattern than rain for that because you can sneak in there quietly the rain washes your scent away you sneak back out and you know a lot of the deer that would have heard you coming from 200 yards away now can't hear you and then also it washes your scent away so i mean you know uh if i was going to pick a day the, the, the ideal day to go gun hunting for deer, it would definitely be a rainy day where yep. I could slip into my box stand, sit in there in a the box with a roof on me, slip back out. Like I said, archery a little different, but definitely that's the case. Well, snow snow is a good thing, too. It's the same as rain as far as, you know, silencing your, you know, walking and everything. And um, it's a lot easier to see when you got that white well, ground as a backdrop. Well, oh, for so some people. But no, it is, and it's beautiful. I mean, you talk about there's there's – whether you like snow or don't like snow, the first snow of the year of the winter, and you look out into the woods, just covered, blanketed in white, fresh snow. Yep. I mean, that's about you know one of the one of the prettier scenes there is in the outdoors to to somebody that enjoys the the cold weather. And I mean, I love the snow. For me, being colorblind, what better way to track it right. here? Because that's the only way I can track it yeah. is to have a little bit of snow <laughs> to help me there. It uh, shows well, really know, good. Blood, then. To blood trail a deer, because yeah, I can. Mm. I that's the one time I can blood trail deer is in the snow. <laughs> Um, and obviously checking, you know, I like to, to spend time. We've talked in the past shows about shed hunting and things like that. And, you know, back trail and the deer to their bedding areas. Right. I mean, you really can learn their travel patterns right. in the snow. So, I mean, I love everything about hunting in the snow. Um, you know, unfortunately here in, in North Carolina, we don't get a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe once a year if we're lucky, but some places in the North where we, we both like to go and enjoy to hunt, we'll, you know, have a snow yeah. here and there throughout the whole season. So, I mean, that's. Snow is definitely makes it a yeah, little. I, a I little enjoy easier. hunting. The snow is fun, and I think rain is a good thing, as far as like our food plots and stuff. But what if it floods, like just all heavy rain and long, a lot of rain? I think that's kind of hard on the food plots. Yeah, and that's you and know, it's hard on the hens nesting too. Yeah, yep. The, so. the hens nesting in the spring, a lot of rain will end up, you know, ruining their nests, yep. uh, killing the the baby turkeys if they have them, and. It's just like everything else in Mother Nature. I mean, I guess, in, as Luke Bryant said, rain is a good thing, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think so. that, it, obviously, it, it helps Mother Nature because it uh, feeds the plants, lets right. the plant, you know, waters the plants, they get to grow. You have a more rich, lush vegetation. On the same token, like you said, it hurts turkeys that are nesting and, you know, can flood out some areas where, where crop fields are planted and it floods out so the crops don't glow. So, I mean, right. it, it's all 
part of mother nature and what she throws at us. And that's, uh, obviously, I, I don't know that I can't say that flooding has ever actually affected me personally in any of my hunting or, or outdoor endeavors. I have read a lot where, you know, guys will not be able to access their properties because right. they can't get to it because the roads are flooded or, you know, maybe they have to cross a field that floods out from a river that, mm. which overflows the blanks and they can't get across the fields to get to their wood plots. Even some, uh, I, I'm a big, uh, always looking online and reading about different deer leases. And I mean, you can actually lease islands in the Mississippi River or other rivers as far as that matter. But I know there's always some in, in Illinois that are, are islands that are on the Mississippi that are have deer on them. And the deer swim or walk across the water once down or whatever, get out to those islands. Well, when walk those islands flood, and that's like right at the bottom of the, you know, the article telling about the property, it'll say, you know, obviously flood conditions will right. can affect your hunting. So I mean, <laughs> you could lease an island for a hunting property and end up not being able to set foot on it that fall or without a boat, you know. It'd be you know. hard. I, mean, so, I couldn't do that. I mean, I think it's an awesome thing because you definitely can get away from everybody out on an island. And when the deer are out there, you got a place that's, you know, you don't have to worry about any pressure from your neighbors. But on the same token, when the water's out there, you don't have any deer. So, yeah, I, I think that other than that, I've never heard, you know, the flooding with the crops. I've planted food plots before and you sit there and hope for rain and hope for rain. And next thing you know, it's raining so hard, it washes all your seed away. Right. So that's always frustrating, uh, the reality of trying to plant food plots or any kind of farm. Obviously, the farmers deal with it, you know, in, in big agricultural scenes all the time. So, I mean, I think that that's... Uh, Something, obviously, another one we can't control. Well, I know it's kind of been sort of like a drought here before the rain came, and they were talking about with this dry weather, the ticks were going to be out earlier. got a head start because it's been, you know, February's not really been that bad as far as winter. And uh, they, they, I was reading, I think it was on Outdoor News, that they was talking about, you know, getting ready for the ticks because they're going to have a head start. But then you added this little bit of moisture that we got. It, it actually doubles the amount of ticks that we have oh great i don't know how that works but i mean i know in the past i've seen a lot of ticks and i can't imagine being any more than what we've had yeah that's uh that's one part of the outdoors so, i don't think any of us enjoy and, is, is having to deal with the ticks and they, which, were, uh, they were talking about you know preparing yourself for you know tick spray blah 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 and i always spray down with this uh, permatine stuff it's uh stuff you spray you close down you have to hang them and spray them and you don't spray them with ammonia Yep. Because it's pretty rough on your skin, so I always pray for that. I had never, growing up, I never had ticks. Uh, Pennsylvania, you know, as a kid growing up, I, historically, I don't know that they weren't there back then or we didn't know what they were. I, right. I guess they weren't there. I mean, now over the last five to ten years, it's really big. I mean, Pennsylvania, I think last year, was one of the top states for ticks. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know where they come from or how they multiply or what kind of weather they like. All I know is they are a pain to yeah, deal I've with. Yeah, I've never had to deal with them until the last probably five years and it really started i started doing these hunting shows with different people and you know you go out to texas or wherever you go and you always got ticks and i end up getting lyme disease oh gosh and had to get all the treatments and antibiotics and shots and everything and they say that stuff could be pretty dangerous that yeah lyme disease it yeah can make you i know um you know it seems like just like all i guess probably with the uh social media the, you know, in the past several years, you hear more about everybody's right. that have. So I don't know if we're just hearing it more now or whatever, but I do. I hear a lot of stories. I think it's more more, more in the ticks. last couple of years of yeah. people. You know, uh, some taxidermists have got it. They're around there. I mean, just some. Just I mean, one of our our nanny sister, she got the got Lyme disease. I think it's just more prevalent now. I guess because of the more, like you said. I mean, they're, like I said, I didn't have ticks right. as a kid. Now there's ticks everywhere. Yeah. And, 
So I, mean, I guess that's part of it. I was covered know. up with them about five years ago. That's when I started to learn about this permatine stuff or whatever that stuff's called. Yeah, I remember going on a, a hunt in Kentucky probably five or six years ago, and I'd never, I'd never really prepared. My, you know, I'd never treated myself or my hunting clothes for ticks. I'd actually probably never at that point had ever take a uh, tick on me. And uh, I remember getting to Kentucky and. We were hunting with a guy that had a bunch of farms out there, and the first thing he said is he had a, a, several bottles of it. He said, spray all your clothes down in this. And, of course, you know, being a, a, a scent freak that I am and, you know, worried <laughs> about scent, and I got all my clothes wrapped up in double Ziploc bags and everything mm. closed up and, and aired out, and he wants me to uh, spray what smelled to me like diesel fuel all over my clothes and to keep the ticks off me. And I, <laughs> I elected to take my chances on the ticks and just leave my clothes alone. But several of the guys did and it dry. I mean, it says it dries odor free and it really does. I just couldn't get, couldn't get right with it in my head to use that. But you I know probably that, still smelled it though. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I could smell Even it. Even after dried. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't, yeah. Well, everybody else sprayed with it and, and I didn't get any ticks luckily, but they, uh, they, everybody used that stuff. So I, I know I'm yeah. familiar with the product you're talking about now since they have gotten, you know, I spend time in Ohio on a property we have up there managing in the summertime, doing stands and taking care of the property. And, of course, in Pennsylvania now, when I go to do that, I, I have a bottle of that. And I spray my jeans down and my work boots and stuff like that yeah. with it just because it does definitely work. Uh, and I definitely don't want to have to deal with the Lyme disease. I'm sure after your experience with Lyme disease, you wouldn't no. take any chances. <laughs> no, I, I spray down no matter what sin it is or what. So we have a fan question. Ray Lynn wants to know how do you determine where you put your tree stands well that's a good question and that kind of falls right in with what we're talking right. about today with the weather right. because i think that uh obviously the first thing you're looking at when you go out to hang a stand is is you know if in the case of deer a deer stand for you know for rifle you want to be in a good travel corridor you know where you can see a long ways and cover a lot of ground right you know whether that be a rifle or a shotgun now for archery hunting which when somebody asked me about stand placement my mind automatically goes to archery uh you know deer hunting mm -hmm. and obviously you have to have good tr key travel corridors or good key feeding areas is the two places that that i'd say 90 percent of the people look to hang stands and in after you figure out a spot where you know there's a lot of deer or there's going to be a lot of deer the next question that comes to your mind is the weather you know what what's the predominant wind direction for that area you know uh hunting the midwest a lot out there typically you're going to be hunting in november for the rut and you have a predominant northwest wind north uh, west northwest wind out there so typically that's what you'll say is okay well i need to be on the opposite end of this food plot because i know my wind's going to carry you know the wind's going to be coming out of the northwest you know and that's where you'd pre-hang your stands now obviously if you show up and you're hanging the stand the day you're hunting or you're hunting out of a climber stand you go off the weather forecast right. for the day and if it says it's gonna be a south wind then you got to hunt that wind i mean you want to hunt where the wind's going to carry your scent away from where the deer are going to be and then one step further you don't want it to carry your scent to where the deer are bedded you mm -hmm. know i mean you might say okay well so, the deer are all going to be feeding in this little one acre food plot so i'm gonna you know we got a south wind so i'm going to be on the north end of the food plot because that won't carry my wind my scent into the food plot but if the bedding area is to the north of the food plot, you're being counterproductive. So right. it's uh, it's key to know, you know, have a good idea of looking at maps or just knowing the land. And, and you can say, okay, well, here's where the deer are bedding. Here's the way they're going to be traveling into the food plot. So it allows you to kind of study that wind. And also the sun. I mean, I've, I've hung stands in the perfect place wind direction-wise before. And then you're sitting there, you know, in a morning hunt or an evening hunt. And when the sun starts coming up and the sun starts going down and it would be shining right, right in your eyes. I mean, I've, I've hunted early season with guys before and 
they've been sitting in a stand and, you know, send you text. Uh, I think your brother's one of them and says, uh, <laughs> I need to bring my sunglasses next time because I'm burning up sitting in his tree stand as the sun's going down. And, and so, I mean, although the stand's it, in the right place for the wind direction and the right place for, for the travel corridor, the sun's play. sitting there burning you up on, you know, early season hunt and, and you're, you know, so there's. So do you have a morning and evening stand and uh, certain wind direction stands like different sizes of the fields if you're hunting over a field? Yeah, and, and that's what I do. I mean, if it's a place, you know, whether it's a property that you're going to, you know, if you own property or you're leasing property or just have permission to hunt, you know, year after year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got some some areas that are just historically good deer, whether it's feeding places or travel places that I know those deer are going to use year in, year out, whether it's because of the the land formations and, and, you know, the terrain or whether it just for food sources or whatever, whatever reason it is that are traveling that area. I'll actually hang a stand for, you know, I'll hang a stand for several different wind directions. I mean, I can think of one spot in particular. I have three stands hung over a small food plot, and it's to hunt a southwest wind, a northwest wind, and a south wind. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, usually that would be, you know, until you get a loop thrown at you and you get a northeaster comes through, and which is some of the best time to kill deer is, is when you have a northeast wind, which we all know, you know, you watch the news and they say, oh, there's a north nor'easter coming in. Well, that's when you have a northeast wind typically is real cold stormy conditions the barometer's changing real hard so the deer are traveling real hard on that wind so i'll hang all my typical stands and then I'll always have a, a backup option for a climber stand where i can go hunt those spots on a, on a northeast right. wind also which is a very uncommon wind but when you do have a day with a northeast wind you need to be sitting in the woods that and swirling winds i can't stand the swirling winds winds blowing all directions and yeah you know you can't play that you just yeah, that's Probably one of the things, you know. Give up unless you want to bust uh, everything out. Yeah, hunting Pennsylvania, the terrain where we're at in Pennsylvania, northeastern Pennsylvania is very hilly, and you always have right. swirling winds. You never, it's so hard. You you could watch the weather channel. You could have a, a you know, a, even a, a weather station, station at your house, yeah. and it will tell you the wind direction. You can walk 100 yards away, and the wind will be a different direction. So it's uh, one of those things, and that's, like I said, that one area that I like to hunt I have three stands hung in there and it's because when I walk into that food plot I want to know which way the wind's blowing and that's the tree I'm going to get in now you get hunting in the midwest where it's flatter land you definitely can play that wind I mean you you can count on a a west northwest wind you know most of the late fall when you're when you're hunting the road yeah so I think mainly if you are into deer hunting and turkey hunting you just kind of chase the weather and hope it works best for you in the situation you're in yeah it's just one more one more thing for us to to try to think that we can get ahead of and And one more uh, worry, like I said, I, I mean, just watch that weather and try to plan. And, of course, you get out there and nine times out of ten it doesn't go as if you planned anyway. And you just right. you end it up doing changes. it. And that's what, you know, I, I've, I've gotten hung up on hunting the right wind and being scent free and all that. And at the end of the day, it all comes back down to this. If, if The one thing I've learned that probably trumps anything else that, that people have told me or taught me about hunting, and that's somebody told me a long time ago, you're not going to kill them from the cabin. Right. So, right, you have to be in the woods. And, and people can argue that because some people hump, you know, have tree like stands. Shooting out the window off the recliner. Of, of the cabin. But on the same token, you you know, get out <laughs> in the woods and figure it out. Yeah. Obviously, you want to be able to, you And, know, you know, you learn more that way. And you actually become a better hunter by just experimenting yourself. Yeah. And, and learning. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I know a lot of guys that, you know, you talk about swirling winds and things like that. And, I mean, there's guys that can tell you, I mean, they actually will know how the wind's going to swirl in a particular area where they hunt because they're out there doing it. I mean, mm-hmm. they know that the wind's going to swirl down in this ravine and right. it's going to go up the other side. 
but because they've done it and 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 learned from their mistakes, they know now where they can get away with still hunting down in there, even though it's not the right wind because they know what it does. And I mean, there's a whole new mix that that you'll throw into there. Then you start you know learning about thermals and understanding you know what thermals do, yep. which the thermals will carry your scent up in the morning, and down. then they carry your scent yep. back down in the evening with the the cooling and warming of the earth. So I mean, there's tons of variables and you know you can just get deeper and you know start barometric pressure and watch the barometric pressure and know when that's going to change and that's when you want to be in woods i mean it's just never ending the research and and the the studying you can do to go into making yourself a better hunter um more successful hunter and and sometimes it doesn't make you more successful It, it I will agree that the more you know about that stuff it does make you a better hunter better hunter yeah but at the end of the day success um you know, there's a whole lot. I mean, it goes further than God, 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 God will decide if we're going to be successful or not. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think that uh, some of the most successful hunters, and you hear stories, I like to watch and read the stories about all these big bucks that were killed over the years that, that you know, on top of the Boone and Crockett record book. And, you know, uh, more than than less of those stories were just the guy killed that deer because he was in the woods. That's right. You know, he didn't know which way he the wind was blowing. Know. He didn't know what the deer were doing. He was just in the woods. Yep. And, and that's the the moral of the story is get outdoors, get in the woods, uh, spend time out there, and you'll figure it all out. Yeah, exactly. Well, I know we talked about all these rain, snow, wind stuff. What about temperature, hot and cold? I know I enjoy when my daughter goes and it's cold because we're getting a box and I have that little buddy heater Yeah, that I say she brought, but I take advantage of. <laughs> well, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, we all, we hunt with our, our, our families and it gives us all these great that's excuses right. to, uh, I, I feel the same way uh, Kelly and I have hunted from a box stand and I'll, it could be 50 degrees out and to me, I'm thinking, wow, it's awful hot to yeah. be hunting and she'll say, turn that heater on. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, it's spoiled me because now I'll be out there by myself and it'll be 50 degrees and I'll say, I think I'm going to take my coat off and turn the heater on. <laughs> so those little, the little propane buddy heaters they have are. definitely been a, a buddy to all of us. They they're do they're help. a super little piece that have added to our hunt in the, in, in the cold. And there's lots of different cold weather tricks. Uh, you know, they make boots where you can, it's like a big cloth big boot cl- that you yep. put over your boots and there's body suits that cover your whole body. And for me personally, the biggest thing for hunting the last, you know, 40 years uh, has been 35 years however long i've been hunting has been the the little chemical body warmers hand warmers Him. uh when, they, toes, when, when when i was a kid i had a uh a little folding it reminded you of the size of a wallet and it, it was made of some sort of i'm sure asbestos probably <laughs> <laughs> but you actually lit a piece of carbon and then you closed the box and it, it sat there and burned it was a, a charcoal you know carbon charcoal yep. it was a charcoal hand warmer and it was probably my dad's or my grandfather's. I just ended up with it somehow when I was probably 10 or 12 years old. And I thought that was the coolest thing That's ever. That's pretty cool. You still have and, it? Uh, you know, no, I, 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 pro- I probably do. I mean, I more than likely not. I do. I just have to do a lot of digging to find it. But that, That'd be cool. You know, that, that progressed into different, you know, battery uh, heaters for your feet. Yeah. And, but, I mean, to me, the chemical hand warmers are the trick because I can take hand warmers and then they came out with the ones with the adhesive on them, yep. so you can stick them to your the clothes. Body, but I mean, body warmers. People, I, I, I can't tell you how many times the little toasty toes that, that have the adhesive on them, I mean, stuck to my chest, stuck to my back, stuck to my knees, mm-hmm. stuck to my elbows. When it gets real cold and you go out hunting, and I think the coldest I've ever, I, I don't know the coldest weather I've ever hunted in. I do know I successfully harvested a deer with a bow and arrow at minus seven degrees um, wow. in the late season one time in Pennsylvania. And... You know, I, I, I won't forget that because I thought, how crazy is this? Um, 
I haven't hunted, you know, I mean, I've seen guys go to, you know, Antarctica and places right. like that where they got, you know, icicles coming off their, their beard. Now, fortunately for me, I was hunting in minus seven degrees, but I probably sat out there for an hour and a half at the most. Right. I, mean, I wasn't out there living, it, living in it all day. But, you know, for me, I, I have real nice hunting clothes. And, you know, of course, we got True Timber actually sent us some awesome jackets that had the, the battery, battery heaters, heaters in them. There's so many different sure. new technology and, and clothes and different things to keep you warm. But to me, the number one out of all of them is those little chemical hand warmers. I'll take the, I'll take a, a case of chemical hand warmers over all the long underwear in the world because I can just stick those things anywhere. Yeah. And I they, mean, they I got great. stacks of them. And we use them all the time. And even just going to horse shows, we'll use them, not just for hunting. So they do work pretty good. And I, yeah. I do try to watch like how the if you look at the hour by hour how the weather is going to warm up especially with the early, early season because it's a hike into your stand <laughs> and you have people bundle up because it's cool in the mornings and then it's going to get hot when you get in your stand you're sweating to death yeah I, and then I, you freeze because you're sitting there still and sweating and it's cold i've got to admit if somebody were to film all of my my hunting episodes <laughs> there would be some pretty embarrassing yeah. moments because there's many a times that I have stripped down to my underwear with my underwear and my uh, rubber boots and walked into my stand because there was, I, I didn't want to sweat going in and you know, you, you're right. right you're, you're going in, it's 80 degrees in the afternoon. You know, it's going to fall off to 60 yeah. by dark. And although 60 is not cold when it was 80 all day long, 60 is, cold. is cold. So yeah. you want to have warm clothes and you can't, you know, I never wear them in. I always walk in so I don't, don't, you know, sweat as right. I'm walking in. And I, I literally, you know, hundreds of times have walked in either in my long underwear or just in my underwear, walked into a tree stand. So I uh, I think, you know, if somebody were to pull up and see me walking out across <laughs> that field, carrying a bow, carrying a backpack uh, right full of all kinds of warm clothes, and there I am in, uh, in, in, in not much. So they call a SWAT uh, team me or sure somebody. I see some funny pictures out there. But, no, that's uh, – and, and that's it. I mean, you know, we talk about hunting in the cold weather, but that hunting in the warm weather, yeah. you know, I, I've always been one, hey, it's too hot to go hunting, and I really don't want to be hunting when it's hot. But, I mean, I've seen some great deer harvested in hot weather. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with turkeys, a nice hot day, they're right. out there gobbling and loving every bit of it. So you do you do need to, to prepare yourself also. I mean, in, in there, again, the, the advances in, in hunting clothes over the last few years, True Timber sent us, set us up last year with uh, some real lightweight spring, you know, right. for turkey hunting in the yep. spring, green um, camo that was just, so I thought to myself, man, I could like wear this to bed. I mean, it's literally like wearing just, just a, <laughs> like, thin, almost like real just thin. a thin silk layer. Yeah. And it's uh, so comfortable to have that stuff. And obviously all the fabric now that absorbs the, the sweat off your body and keeps you cool. I mean, there's a lot of cool advances that, that keep you cooler now to, to bear that hot weather. I'm still, I'm, I'm not a hot weather person. I'll, I'll take cold weather any day. Yeah. So. I like the colder weather because yeah. I mean, it's easier. Um, you can still dress light and still be hot. Yeah. In, in the hot weather. Yeah, I can keep putting clothes on, and I can stick chemical hand warmers to yeah. me, but there's only so much I that's can take right. off. <laughs> yeah, we want to see you. <laughs> <laughs> so once you're down to that, that's as cool as you're going to get. So, yeah, I, and, you know, there again, it comes back to those. The animals are still living out there. They're still moving. But I, I don't, you know, I see, you know, not as much right. movement when it's real hot like that um, opposed to a cooler day. But on the same token, you know, if you're not sitting out there, you're not going to see them, period. So you exactly. got you to hunt. I, I shot a deer last year. Um, I think it was like the 1st of October in Ohio. That was one of my one of my better deal, but 171-inch deer. And it was, I mean, I was in a T-shirt that day. And, you know, never in a million years did I expect that buck to come walking down through there. And, and he did. So, yep. I mean, that, that 
that wasn't due to to anything other than just that's that's what was meant to happen at that moment because it wasn't your ideal day when you would expect a deer to be moving and you you know it wasn't that perfect setup where you're thinking oh yeah that's it's going to happen tonight it was one of them days you thought to yourself well I'd rather be sitting in this tree than sitting somewhere else so I'll go ahead and go hunting and lo and behold it was a super super productive day well that's cool that's awesome well I guess that about wraps this show up yeah, we covered all that, I all think. the all the weather. I don't know that. if we taught anybody anything, but we yeah, we got we, we, we thought we act like we did. It all come back right down to where it started. Let's all <laughs> yeah. let's all pray for beautiful weather. Pray for beautiful weather and be in the woods. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, well, cool. Well, I, I want to re- thank Ray Lynn for sending in the question about hanging stands. We don't know if we helped with that or not, but hopefully we did. I think we did. Absolutely. All right. Well, we want to again thank Exalta for all they do for Dirty Mo Radio. Be sure to go follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Exalta Racing. We also want to thank everybody for listening to Earnhardt Outdoors. If there's anything you want to hear from us, be sure to let us know on Twitter or Facebook at Earnhardt Outdoors. Well, thanks, everyone, again for listening, and be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insider's info all weekend long on the 88 team. It's at Exalta Racing, a must-follow for any Dale Jr. fan.